Core. Core. You are listening to Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities. A show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fox City's Core here on WCZR Code Zero Radio. I'd like to welcome you. If this is your first time tuning in, Code Zero Radio is a streaming station. We focus very heavily on music from the Fox Cities. We've got a lot of live content, a great crew of people here. If you haven't tuned in or haven't checked out our full schedule, you can find that at live.codezeroradio.com. On to my guest today. Trash Pandas is an original rock and roll band from the Green Bay and Fox Cities area. They write their own music with a mixture of uh, influences, different genres such as pop punk, alternative, hard rock, and blues rock. I'd like to welcome Lacey from Trash Pandas to Fox Cities Core. How are you doing today, Lacey? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Andy? Good. Thanks for coming in this morning. I know you've got a a show uh, later today. Yep. Uh, You also played yesterday, and we're going to talk about it later in the show, but Trash Pandas definitely has a heavy schedule how do you keep up with with doing all these shows and and you know still have a life uh i don't (laughs) i mean it's it's pretty much at this point where it's i'm either going to work or i have a band practice or i have a show um every now and then i have a random off day but for the most part it's everything is very scheduled out right now and uh i just try to get sleep once in a while. <laughs> T- today, later today, at 4 o'clock, you're playing at Paperfest mm-hmm. in Kimberly. And I think it's, was it Sunset Park? Is that the name of the, the park? I think it's Sunset Park. I, I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a, a little schedule confusion as far as is the time you're going to play, but mm-hmm. could you let the listeners know what time to show up today if they want to catch Trash Pandas? Yeah, um, so we are playing on the original stage, which I can't remember the name of, but you'll, you'll find it. <laughs> I know I'm so informative. Um, but we're playing at 4 o'clock. Uh, it was originally going to start at 5, but they scheduled an extra band, and our guitarist plays in another band that's playing later tonight, so they put us in an early spot, so we could still do it. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the other band? Uh, he plays in a band called Infrared. They're uh, a rock cover band in the Fox Cities area. So they're they're not playing a paper fest, but they're playing at a different. Correct. I believe it's like Dairyland Brewery. Oh yeah, it's close. That's close to here. Yep. <laughs> so when did when did you get into music, Lacey? Was it have you been involved in the the scene for a while, or ha- musically, when did you start getting into actually performing? Um, my first time performing, I think I was. Well, outside of like school stuff, I think it was when I was 16 or 17. I just uh, played with a friend who did an acoustic guitar and we'd go to open mics, things like that. And when I was a senior in high school, we put together my first band with me and a couple of my buddies. And uh, we just played played covers, went out in our area, and uh, we started getting hired on places during the summertime to go play, you know, mostly cover music, but um, it was all in, like, the Kribbits area. So, you know, small town stuff, but we had a good time. And uh, I've been doing it since then, you know, had a couple different bands, but... 
this is my first original project and we've been doing it about three years now. What were some of the songs that you were covering early on when you started? Um, we did a lot of stuff that was actually more like 60s, 70s. We, a lot of bands seem to go with like, you know, uh, the 80s stuff, Journey and Poison and stuff, whereas we were doing more like uh, Led Zeppelin and the Beatles. And um, I don't know, we kind of did what, what we wanted to do within reason. It's like we wanted people to know it, but we also kind of wanted to surprise them like, oh, I didn't expect them to do a, a David Bowie song, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what what was the spark that made you want to move towards original music from, from playing covers? Um, I mean, I always kind of did. It was it was difficult for a while to find a group that wanted to do that because, I mean, um, it's more popularity and more money in the local scene. If you're going to do a cover band, you know, people want to hear what they know, especially if they're going to go to a bar and drink and stuff. They want to party and sing along. So, But I was always really interested in the in doing original music, but it just took me a while to find the right people to do it with. Have you always been like the, the, the front person or have, do you also play an instrument like guitar, bass or drums? Um, no, I don't. I don't play any of those. I can play piano. Um, and I've done that a little bit in some of my past projects. But for the most part, I stick with vocals and do the front man business. Is that, a, that obviously a, a spot you're comfortable with? Yes. <laughs> Is there challenges as far as like writing lyrics to you? Is that something you like doing? Some, I do. Yeah. I mean, um pretty much all of our songs except for one were mostly written by me besides maybe a line or two. Um, sometimes our, our old bassist, who he doesn't play with us anymore, but he would bring in like uh, a line and be like, can you write something off of this line? And then I'd come up with the rest of the song. So, um, But no, I've always been a fairly good writer. I always enjoyed the poetry classes and stuff I had to take in high school. So it, it comes fairly naturally. You mentioned the the bass player that was uh, Dan. Mm -hmm. Your new bass player is is Jake Herman. Yes. Has Jake changed the dynamics as far as writing? You mentioned that that Dan would kind of give you a bass line and ask mm -hmm. you to write something to it. Does does Jake do that same thing, or is it a little different with with his dynamic in the band? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess the biggest difference is just like Jake will have an idea, whereas Dan would write out like almost an entire song on a bass and be like let's do something with this whereas we're a little bit more like okay let's add this in here and this in here it's more of a a collective thing not that it wasn't before it's just a, a different way of doing it you guys have one uh, album out so far we do yes and where was that recorded where did you guys do the recording for that so it was uh, a mixture. We started and did a couple songs with uh, Wessing's studio and uh, with Steve Wessing. And we did a good chunk of it at Rock Garden Studio. And we actually did, I believe, two songs at um, Stargaze Studio, which is my drummer's house. He does recordings now, too. Excellent. So as far as like doing it at the Rock Garden versus the house, was mm -hmm. there one spot that was more comfortable to do it at? Like, or did you like focus on doing the drums at Rock Garden and then the rest at the house? Or was there a reason that it was split up between the two, the two places? Mostly because we, we trusted, you know, Rock Garden to do a really good job and we wanted to work with Mark, but Wayne was also trying to get into the recording. And since then he took, you know, all the online classes with some 
fancy music school that I cannot remember the name of right now. But um, no, it's, it's something that he was interested into getting into and he wanted to give it a try, but he didn't necessarily want to take over the entire project right away. Did, did you guys do hard copies of this this album or just released it digital or both? Both, yeah. We we don't have any vinyl, which is something people have asked for, so we might do that. But yeah, right now we have uh, CDs and you can get it pretty much anywhere. You can stream music, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. There's a, a few on Bandcamp, but not the entire album. Uh, as far as merch goes, is merch something you enjoy doing like it, some bands really go out of their way to to get some different unique products to, yeah. to sell uh, do you guys have a lot of different stuff besides music that you sell like t-shirts or like some random different things yeah i mean we have uh, uh you know the basic kind of stuff we have a couple different t-shirts you can get uh buttons stickers can koozies um right now we also have some drumsticks my my drummer ordered them like i think they're scorpion brand and it has our logo and his signature on it which is kind of neat so um yeah we're getting into more of it i always thought band merch was super cool so i like being able to go in there and try to figure out new designs and um we you know we've done some of it just like on the internet my friend uh alex sheriff did our logo for us and um, then we also have another local artist we work with who did a different t-shirt design for us with that logo. So, um, yeah, I think the merch part is fun. I like being creative with it. Do, do CDs sell? I mean, do you sell a lot of CDs? Or is it t-shirts is the main? I mean, t-shirts more so than CDs, but we still sell a fair amount of CDs, more than I thought we would when we started getting into it. So knowing what you know now, when you go back to record the next album, so vinyl, it sounds like, is on the table mm -hmm. or like a possibility. Right. Uh, do you feel that there is a, a strong importance to like get stuff digitally released as well? I mean, if you had to pick one or the other, do you listen to a lot of music on Spotify or any yeah. other platforms? Yeah. I mean, it's just become a really easy way to do it. You know, um, anything that you want in one spot. Uh I, I'm old school. I do like getting the CDs. I like looking at the artwork and reading about everything, you know. Um, but I know that a lot of people that, you know, are my age and and younger and some older, too, would rather just stream things. So I think it is really important to have that out there on the Internet for people to find. Otherwise, you're just not going to be found by a lot of people. And is the next album being written right now? Yes, we're in, we're in the process of doing that. We have four songs that are complete and three that are in the works. So we're up to about seven, and we're hoping to do a full 12 songs on the album. Is the style similar to, to the last album, or are you kind of changing the direction of the music? It's, it's a little <laughs> hard to say because we don't necessarily have a, a specific style. Um, Everyone in the band has very different influences, you know, like our youngest member just turned 21 and our oldest member is 56. So we have a really big range in there and everybody likes different things. So even if you listen to our first full album, there's, you know, a lot of differences from song to song. So I'd say that we're still in the style of 
alternative. You know, there's some some lighter stuff and some heavier stuff, but it's also going to sound a lot different than the first album. It's interesting, like, with the, the age difference in there. Like, how did you guys meet? What brought you guys together as a band? Uh, that's a long story, but I will <laughs> tell it. <laughs> um, I started playing a little bit of music just for fun with somebody that I worked with. And um, from there, there was somebody on Craigslist that we hooked up with as well and we're playing a little bit of music with. So the work guy somehow knew somebody who knew my current drummer, Wayne. And uh, so we hooked up with him just because we heard this guy was interested in being in an original project and we needed a drummer. Um, didn't work out with that person that I knew from work, um, but we still kept the other guitarist on. And then Wayne added in somebody on the bass that he knew from a cover project he was in. Um, and then after a few more months, we lost our first guitarist. He wasn't interested in doing it anymore, so we added in our current one, who is Curtis, and... That is actually the son of the guitarist. That was in Wayne's cover band. So, yeah, it's a big a big map of how we got to know everybody in this group. Obviously, the the, the band is good friends. Like, everybody gets along. Yeah, we do. We're yeah. an interesting dynamic. Even though we have that big age difference, everybody's pretty chill. Um, it doesn't make much difference to us. None of us are, like big party years or anything so there's not a big disconnect in in what we do we all just want to write music and that's the main goal so besides doing shows do you does a band hang out outside of shows and outside of like practices and things like that yeah we do i mean as as much as we can um you know we we do have a new basis now, um, but we used to, you know, go over to Dan's house sometimes, do a cookout or something. Um, I go hang out with Wayne quite a bit. Uh, we we go to do, like, yoga, and uh, we go to Safe Haven Cat Sanctuary sometimes. <laughs> we, we love our cats. Um, and, yeah, we've gone up to Wayne's cabin and hung out and stuff. We don't do as much with Curtis because he's even busier than the rest of us because he has two bands. But now everybody gets along super well, and uh, we're kind of like a family. I always call uh, Wayne my band dad because he is, you know, uh, just a little bit younger than my actual father. And then I got my, my two brothers in the band. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a good dynamic. That's awesome. We we had a question. This is an interactive show, so if any of the uh, people watching have a question, just feel free to fire away or call in. Uh, the number's crawling on the bottom. Uh, this question comes from Tony. Mm -hmm. He wants to know, if you had to be stranded on an island for the rest of your life and with only one local artist, would you select Sons of Kong or 94 Distortion? <laughs> um, I mean, that's a hard question. But I guess I would say Sons of Kong because I know them more personally and I know that I would get along with them. They're pretty cool guys. 94 Distortion's a very cool band, but we haven't played with them yet. So I, I don't know for sure um, if we would be friends or not. <laughs> I assume so, but yeah, we'll go with Sons of Kong. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for the question, Tony. Uh, th there are so many great bands in this area. There I mean, are. The guys from Sons of Kong are great, you know, great group of guys. Mm -hmm. Have you met a lot of people in the local scene that it's got to be in a way 
like high school where you're mm-hmm. like seeing people but it's almost better <laughs> it's it's better yeah i mean i went to a super small high school too so my graduating class had like 40 some people so i definitely know more people in the music scene than in my high school class um but yeah we've we've met a lot of people and we're always looking for new bands to play with too you know because when you're in original group you go and play for you know 30 minutes to an hour and then you need to fill some more time so you just keep looking for groups that will fit with you or or at least you know just fun to play with because we do multi-genre shows quite a bit too can you band name drop some of the the bands that you like in this area or some that that stick out in your head if you had to put together like the the perfect show Mm -hmm. with um trash pandas who would you select as your three bands to play with oh that's... this is just hypothetical and everybody in the band would probably pick different bands they probably would yeah um that is <laughs> that's a hard question because i do have a lot of cool bands that we've played with but um people i've really enjoyed playing with are like um sherry lane they're a cool band really chill guys um radio for pets is really cool um i've known the guys in that band for quite a while they used to play different shows with my band in college here and there so um yeah i guess like off the top of my head i would pick those two to go with us because they're just super cool guys their music is fun and uh i i enjoy being around them before you were like actively performing in a band were you checking out local shows or was that something you didn't do until you started I mean, I'd I'd get to them here and there, um, but I was, you know, I haven't been in, like, you know, dead space for a long time performing-wise. It's like I was always at least in a cover band, so I would, you know, be doing my shows more than, than then going to other shows just because you only have so much time. But I would try to go check out different groups when I could, you know, especially friends from college that had bands, you know, things like that. If they're doing a show, try to go support them, check them out. But yeah, um, I definitely see a lot more shows now that I'm in that scene. And I suppose when you're not playing a show today, like, you know, now being in Trash Pandas playing Mm -hmm. so often, you probably, that's probably in the bottom of your list to, to go out and see a show that you're not a part of I'm guessing yeah I mean here and there it's like I'll have a night off and if one of my friends from the bands invites me out I'll go do it but also when I have a night off it's like oh let's sleep (laughs) (laughs) so do you like as far as protecting your hearing when you're performing are you wearing earplugs or anything no I'm not (laughs) (laughs) I probably should but no I um have not gotten into doing that yet (laughs) are your ears ringing typically after a show or kind of muffled not usually um if we have really bad sound people sometimes (laughs) but for the most part our sound people have been good and we run our own sound at uh, a lot of shows that wouldn't have sound people too so yeah um for the most part as long as the the person running it is good it's not too bad on the hearing And as far as practicing, do you practice in like a a kind of a cement basement area or? Yeah. um, I mean, it's a, it's a finished basement. Wayne has his whole studio thing in there. So he's got like the padding on the walls and stuff. Like it's, it's probably a nicer, fancier basement than a lot of people practice in. (laughs) So that doesn't, 
you know, not tough on the ears down there either. Oh, no. And I mean, like, like I said, he's got all the equipment. So we do like the whole in-ears thing. And uh, so you can dial things up or down as much as you want with that, which is really nice. That's cool. So you do that during live shows too? You're using the, the in-ear monitors? Um, not usually. So just during practice? Just during That's practice. Interesting. Any, any like reason why you're not using them during shows? I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, I think it's just the way that most, um, most sound people work. It's easier to just go with what they know, um, right. than try to do all the in-ear stuff. Well, I suppose. Yeah. If you're on a bill with three other bands, all of a sudden you're bringing extra stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lacey, congratulations. You made it to the uh, band reaction portion of the show. That's where we play a clip from a past band mm -hmm. we get your reaction okay uh so this this clip is from sit kitty sit who i know you're familiar with yes uh, you've played with them before mm -hmm. and probably playing with them again coming up i'm assuming we'll talk about your schedule later it's yeah got a lot of stuff on it uh this is sit kitty sit uh when they were on the show earlier in the year so let's see what you think of this and reaction Reaction. Are you guys sentimental with do you save try to save like flyers and different things from, from your career? Oh yeah. We've got oh, a yeah. bunch of show posters and stuff and Yeah. If I mean if they're cool, yeah. you know, like we'll yeah. um especially when we're on the road because um a lot of people like the the other bands will design the posters, you know. So there's some very creative ones that have come out that you know will show up at the venue, and we have no idea. Like we'll walk in and be like, "What is that?" You know, like <laughs> that's really cool. So yeah, we definitely keep all like some of that stuff. And um, I do have like a little bit. I have like a box I keep stuff in. I I would love to be like a scrapbook person, but I'm just not. So like I but I do have like a box that I keep things on in like. I'll keep one of every t-shirt we get made if it's a new design. Mm -hmm. I'll keep one of every like new patch, new whatever. And so I do have a box of that stuff that's kind of shows the history of the things. Yeah, we have a lot of cool posters that yeah. we'll probably like you'd have here. Like I just I love yeah. you know, getting them framed and having them up, which we just haven't got to yet, but yeah. um we will eventually, I think. Yeah. You know, when we have a more permanent studio. That was the clip from Sit Kitty Sit when they were here in April. Mm -hmm. what, what's your reaction to that? What do you save merchandise and uh, flyers and things like that from? Yeah, um, I mean, there's been a lot of flyers, so it's not like everyone anymore. When I first started getting into it, it's like, oh, I need to save every poster, <laughs> but I definitely don't do that anymore. I do have a big pile of them. Um, I'd like to, you know, hang them up. Kind of like what you do here, but I am not that organized at this point. Um, on the other hand, my drummer Wayne, who is, you know, very organized and meticulous with everything, has a whole bunch of them framed in his basement. Uh, so it, it looks very cool, and I wish that I was a little more like that. <laughs> do you, do, does the band design a lot of the, the show flyers, or is that something that's normally done? Uh, by the venue it depends um we've done quite a few but yeah sometimes a different band that is on the bill will do it um or the venue will do it 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 really depends um we're not picky you know um wayne does most of our stuff on the computer with that uh, so he doesn't mind 
you know, making the posters at all. But if somebody else wants to do it, he's kind of like, you know, go for it. I got enough stuff to do. <laughs> you know, it's probably sometimes you're not thinking about it until like the day of the show. And then you're at the venue and you, you're like probably scoping out posters on the wall, like the, the ones that you might be able to take mm-hmm. without anybody noticing. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's cool. And so you've got some flyers, mm-hmm. but not, do you save like one of each shirt? I know yeah. Kat and Mike. So they save, try to save one of each shirt design. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we only have two t-shirts, so I don't have, you know, a ton of those yet. But, uh, yeah, we're working on a couple more designs with that, and I definitely will be saving some of everything we get in the merch department. I just think it's cool memorabilia. It's it's probably good we use Sit Kitty Sit for band reaction, because they are playing after you today mm-hmm. at, at Paperfest, so you're going to get to see them. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, friends of the show, more than Mary, play after Sit Kitty Sit. Mm-hmm. This just looks like a great, a great Saturday lineup to go see. It does, and- yeah. Um, more than Mary is a band we've we've tried to do shows with in the past and never quite gotten the schedule together. So I'm excited to see them today. Um, I know they're really cool. Yeah, and other bands, uh, Moose, Bridger, and The Winter. Mm-hmm. So you can just get there for Trash Pandas at. Get there 10 minutes early, 3.50, and then just park your chair there for the rest of the night. Right. I think it's <laughs> going to be really cool. Uh, lots of different original stuff from different genres. I think it's just going to be a cool night. Do you like playing these these types of things, like the, the festival-type shows? Yeah, I do. Um, I love doing all of the, the bars and everything, too. But when you go to a festival, you get a, a whole different kind of audience and new people to see you and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Doing a festival is cool. It makes you feel like you're kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose when it, when you're doing the festivals, there, there seems to be more of a tight schedule. So it's mm-hmm. more like you have to get started right at four. And, and do you know how long you're playing today? Uh, it's a 45 minute set. 45 minutes. So 15 minute changeover in between bands. Yeah. This is what they have have written here. Uh, again, that should be a great show. Uh, Trash Pandas at four and Sit Kitty Sit, More the Merry, Moose Bridger and The Winter. Let's talk about your show schedule because you've got a ton of shows. I'm just going to pop up the, the graphic here. This is your schedule so far. And I see the, the crawlers over the bottom of it, but you get the idea. You've got a lot of stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Paper Fest today, and then you're headed to Illinois tomorrow. You got Titletown Brewing on July 24th. You're in Minneapolis. You're in Eau Claire. You're in West Bend. You're at the Ambassador in Appleton. You're in Marinette. Uh, beaver dam it's just a a lot of shows i mean is it as far as playing all these shows obviously everybody in the band is is dedicated Mm -hmm. because this is just a a big commitment to to do that many yeah it is (laughs) Uh, i mean does it does it wear away at you after a while like you you can't really make a lot of summer plans right because most of your weekends if, if you've got a show scheduled in beaver dam that's pretty much the whole saturday right right uh (laughs) does it wear away uh yes but no i would say that and this is you know i think the opinion of most of the people in the band too that what wears away more is like the work schedule on top of it because we all really enjoy doing the shows this is something that you know we're doing it because we want to do it it's not like we're making a ton of money with it or something so for me it's like i just wish that i could afford to work less (laughs) because then i would have more time but i don't want to give up doing the shows because that's 
that's what I want to be doing. There's there's something that I just really enjoy about being on stage performing. Hey, you bring up a a good point, which I'd like to just kind of hang on for a minute here. Uh, you guys are all working other jobs as well, so it's mm-hmm. not like this. There, it's not like this is your only job being a musician, right? Uh, there are people that kind of call themselves just full-time musicians and they're playing as many shows as you guys are playing on mm-hmm. top of the job. So you're almost doing like double work. It, it's pretty much two full-time jobs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what do you think of, um, of things like, uh, or what do you think of the opinion of, of people thinking you're playing this many shows? Well, you must be making a really good living. Like, why are you working another job? Well, it's just not the truth. Um, Unless you get to the point where you're like, you know, a national artist, you're not going to make a ton of money doing this kind of thing. Um, you know, if you are doing a cover band, you can go and make a few thousand dollars a night for, you know, uh, playing three or four hours. But when you're in an original band, and especially, you know, one that's a little bit newer, we've only been around a few years versus, you know, we've played with bands that have done this 20 plus years. Um, you're lucky if you, you know, the venue gives you a hundred bucks to go play. And then we kind of rely on like merchandise sales. And, uh, a lot of that just goes back into the gas tank and, uh, you know, just buying food on the road and stuff, ordering more merch. So no, it's not like we're, we're making a great living on it. So we all kind of have to have other jobs if we, you know, want to have somewhere to live. (laughs) Do you often run into it at the merchandise table where somebody's like, can I just have a CD or can I have a shirt? Yes. Like not really realizing that you guys are probably net negative, mm-hmm. you know, just playing that show. Right. We, we've had it a couple times. Um, not, not a lot, which I'm glad because that's always an awkward conversation. But no, I mean... There's been a couple times when if somebody's like, oh, I'm $5 short, I'll, I'll still give them a shirt or something just because it's cool to have somebody who, you know, wants to buy something that you have and also will go out and be wearing your shirt. And then that'll start a conversation with somebody like, hey, who's Trash Pandas, you know? Um, so, you know, once in a while we'll cut a deal if somebody really needs it. But no, we don't just give stuff away for free because we can't afford to. <laughs> We've, we've got a couple questions coming in here. First of all, Mark at Rock Garden said, hi, Lacey. Hi, Mark. <laughs> um, and let's, let's talk about Mark really quickly here. Uh, you did a kind of a, a video with Mark. He, he's getting into uh, this 360 yeah. uh, video thing, which is really cool. Uh, he's like the first in the area to, to kind of dive into it. And the video is pretty unique. Can you let uh, the, the people watching know like what exactly... 360 video is yeah it's cool so he's got this camera that's kind of like cylindrical and uh so we'd go from filming in one spot um and then to another spot and another spot like we just kept filming the same kind of thing but in different areas different angles and uh so when you get all of this uh kind of melded together you can, you know, look at this this video at the end and you're in like, you know, one of those spinny chairs or something and you're spinning around and you're seeing all these different angles and there's like five of me running around. <laughs> it's just, it's it's surreal. <laughs> it's cool. How long did that take to film? Was that a, a pretty quick? 
It was actually pretty quick. I think maybe an hour or so. We just kept, you know, going from spot to spot, going through the song again. And uh, he'd take, you know, uh, the the clips that he wanted out of it. And yeah, it was quicker than I thought it would be. Was it something that you got to see the, the finished product right when he finished filming? Or did he have to... He do had, some work on yeah, it. he had to do a little work on it. Um, I think it only took him like a day or two, though. I expected, you know, it to be a week or longer, and then all of a sudden, it's like here it is. I'm like, wow, he's really quick. <laughs> um, Mark, we, we were talking about uh, Rock Garden, or, uh, live at the Rock, mm-hmm. part of the show, but uh, Mark's doing some really cool stuff over there at, at Rock Garden Studios, and it, I really think that that people should uh, check the studio out. Go check out these Live at the Rock tapings Absolutely. because it's, I, I tell everybody that's one of my favorite places to see live music. And I, I can't wait until Mark releases like a, a full schedule because that's like, it, it's just a really nice place to see a, an artist. Would you guys ever do like a, a Live at the Rock? Yeah, we'd love to. We've, we've talked to him about that a bit. And uh, at some point we, we are planning to. Um, we don't know when yet because... He's got a whole a whole bunch of stuff going on, but that is that is in the plans. Yeah, Mark's a busy guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, thanks, thanks, uh, Mark, for for chiming in there. Uh, this is a we're gonna play a little bit of uh, the 360 video sure. later. We're gonna play "I'm Sick" and that there's a little tiny clip in there. I didn't want to infringe on Mark's copyright though on that. Oh, so sure. But um, so we'll do that later. But I, this is a good point in the show to talk about what you did at Flatline Studios. You did a, a live performance at the Stillmank Brewing Company. Am I saying that right? Stillmank, yeah. Stillmank Brewing Company. And that was kind of like a, a live thing in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. Was that nerve-wracking? How did how did that turn out, in your opinion? It turned out really well. Um, nerve-wracking? I don't know. It was almost more relaxed because we had such a small, little, intimate audience there. Like, you know, you're usually playing for more people live, but... In this, it's like they're recording you, so you have to think a little bit about what you're doing in that regard. But, um, I don't know, playing to a camera is is fairly simple versus a bunch of people staring at you, I think. So, um, I don't know, it was fun. It was cool. We got to go in and just be like in the place where they're actually brewing the beer. So, playing around all the tanks and you could just like smell all of it in the air and stuff. It was just interesting. I, I enjoyed doing it. <laughs> you said the band wasn't really partiers or drinkers. Did you guys have a couple during the taping of that? Yeah, I mean, um, our bassist, because we still had Dan at the time, he he loves still make stuff. So uh, <laughs> he, he had a few. I know Wayne had a few. At that point, Curtis wasn't 21 quite yet. So uh, <laughs> he did not have a few. And uh, I tried one, but I'm not a beer person whatsoever. So, But I do have to say it was tolerable, which means it was good in standards of beer because I hate beer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some uh, front person issues, microphones. Microphones. Because normally your equipment's a microphone. You don't use any effects or anything like that on it, do you? Not really, no. Um, I mean, some musicians seem to have like pedals for vocal effects which is oh no no i don't do any of that uh it's it's kind of whatever the sound person is doing you know maybe a little reverb here and there um but do you you take your own mic typically or just use what they have available yeah we do bring it's just like oh gosh i don't even remember because wayne got it he's he's the equipment dude (laughs) um you know it's a it's a really nice mic but it's a very basic you know but we do bring that but 
that's more so because I've like ended up getting like the flu after sharing mics. So, you know, uh, it's a it's a nice, great sounding microphone, but I also just do it to be a little more sanitary and cautious. With everything that happened in the last couple of years, is that something that's in your mind when you're playing a show? It's, you know, got to stay not sick for the next one or yeah yeah i mean especially um you know this past fall there was like three shows that i ended up getting sick afterwards and i was like oh my god this has to stop because i don't want to cancel things and on top of that i work full time you know um so that's a big reason that i started you know bringing the mic to every show is because i'm like i don't know an easier way to get sick than sharing something that's super close yeah. to your mouth like that so just you know be as cautious as you can try to eat well take your vitamins <laughs> the yeah, I mean, when, you, when you think about it it is kind of gross because yeah. you know you're singing if like some people are sort of spitting as they sing and that gets yeah. on there and if you know you've got that right next to your Oh yeah, I mean, and if you feel like your um your sound isn't coming out super well, like you want to be louder, sometimes you'll end up like almost eating that thing. And yeah, you definitely uh, get some mics that have been made out with a few times. <laughs> Is there anything that that gets on your nerves that an audience does when you're performing? Um, I don't know, not necessarily uh i just like it when they're attentive like and you can't always pick and choose because if you're gonna go play at a bar well you know some people are there to just drink and talk with their friends or something but it is it is difficult to play to an audience that isn't attentive um it's harder to keep up the energy and be like hey this song is new and we're so excited to play it for you and you know there's nobody paying attention so i think that would be the hardest part of it but um otherwise you know just like there's always some weird person at some point who comes up and does something weird and that's not enjoyable either like some guy that was like you know grabbing my mic stand and doing inappropriate things with it at one show i'm like really is that necessary but you know as long as you're not being a super weirdo uh, you're cool <laughs> kind of a weird question but being a, a a female fronting a band do you get a lot of creeps after shows i do <laughs> i do um I, I joke with my band about it all the time i'm like there's always one <laughs> <laughs> um and there's there's plenty of nicer people too that you know they'll come flirt with you but when you tell them like oh i'm i'm taken i'm not interested they they're cool about that you know they'll just talk about your music or whatever but yeah there's definitely some creepy ones and uh they're usually like you know way older than me and super drunk and i'm just like oh my god please please just go <laughs> so when you're playing you're normally like eyeing the danger up like a little <laughs> bit yeah can you know those those are the kind of people that come and do the weird things too like i was talking about so but i do have three dudes in the band with me and they're fairly protective of that they kind of keep an eye out too so there was one gig that some guy kept you know coming really close to me and talking and uh you know my bassist and my drummer both just planted themselves beside <laughs> me they're like no this isn't happening <laughs> do you find that people like that don't know you that see you perform live your music a lot of it's kind of aggressive and mm -hmm. uh, is that how you are like off the stage aggressive no <laughs> <laughs> no um when i tell people that don't know me super well that i'm in a band they're always very surprised because 
I'm a fairly quiet, soft-spoken person. Um, you know, overall, kind of a gentle personality. I can be aggressive and, you know, quick to get mad sometimes, but for the most part, I, people think that I'm super chill, and they're like, you're always smiling, you're just, you know, this this cute little package with a big voice. <laughs> so, no, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself aggressive for the most part, but... It's a good way to get those those emotions and feelings out in the music without, you know, having to necessarily be that kind of person in, in your everyday life. That's well put. It's your outlet. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got a question here from Jerry. Uh, he types, question for Lacey. Mm -hmm. Has there been any discussions about other band members doing lead vocals? And conversely, if you were to pick up an instrument and learn to play, which would you choose, drums, bass, or guitar? Um, I mean, nobody else really doing leads at this point, especially. Um, our last bassist, Dan, did a lot of backing vocals, and he's a very, very good vocalist. And we did have one song written at one point that was very specific to him, so we were thinking about maybe doing him lead vocals on that one tune. Um, but at this point, everybody that we have in the band is is very happy just doing their instrumental stuff, and we are working on getting you know some more backing vocals back in there since our main backup vocalist is no longer with us. Um, but our our guitarist Curtis is a very good vocalist, and I think we'll get him in there a little bit more. But no, nobody else has any interest in doing lead. Um, what was the other part of that question? If you had a pick up and learn one of the instruments. That's right. Um, I've always really wanted to learn guitar. Um, and for a while, I, you know, took a few lessons with a friend and I tried to do it, but I was not very good at it. And it's just the time crunch that I'm always on. I wish I always had more time to learn stuff, but I do, I do really enjoy the guitar and I wish I was better at that. <laughs> Maybe Curtis can give you some pointers. I'm sure that he could. I just don't know if I would pick them up very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we mentioned uh, that you've got the album out. Mm -hmm. There's a track on it called I'm Sick, which is the one that Mark over at Rock Garden Studios did the 360 mm -hmm. video. Can you tell us a little bit, bit about that song? It's kind of a, an angry song. It is, yeah. And that one actually was um, a lot of the lyrics on that were written by our last bassist, Dan, which is you know, interesting because on every other song that we have out, it was, you know, mostly me. Um, whereas Dan had this idea that, you know, his wife used to work with um, people that had been in abusive relationships and had gone through some really tough things. So he got this inspiration from hearing some of her stories about these women that had, you know, gotten beaten and hurt and, you know, that the people they were with were just really bad to them. So it just came from inspiration from not one particular event, but things that he'd heard about from his wife. Is it kind of weird singing like his, his words, or is it something that is easy for you to channel? Because when you perform it, it looks like you're feeling it. Yeah, it, it is actually very easy for me to channel um, because, you know, for a while I did date somebody who was not very good to me and, you know, he didn't hit me or anything, but there was a, there was still abuse going on. So when he brought this song to me, I'm like, you know, I, I like it a lot because I think a lot of people can relate to it, you know, if not completely, you know, the physical part, there's still a lot of people that have gone through really bad relationships that could feel this way. 
So what are some of your favorite venues to play in the area? Um, I mean, we really like doing the cold shot. We have a good in there now um, with the owner, Dave. He's pretty much like, yeah, whenever you guys want to play, set something up. And we always have a very good showing there. Um, Misfits is another really good one. That's that's just a cool bar in general. I like how, like, punk rock and, you know, is I always like kind of those hole in the wall. It's kind of a weird place, but it's super cool. Um so yeah, those those two for this area. Um, the Lyric Room's always a fun time in Green Bay, and um, I don't know. It's it's always fun to play down in like Milwaukee and Chicago and stuff too. There's we'll play pretty much anywhere. <laughs> but <laughs> as far as booking, do you guys do all your own bookings for the shows? Mostly we do. Um, we do work with um, self-taught records a little bit for the Chicago area shows, but we've only done a couple with them so far. Um, and that was just, you know, um, the guy who runs that, Brendan, he reached out to us because he liked our music and said, hey, do you want us to do some bookings for you kind of thing? And uh, he started up this new thing recently, the self-taught records, and kind of getting it off off the road coming up here so um but yeah besides doing the self-taught in the chicago area we we pretty much book everything are you like just reaching out to venues that you've already played at or are you reaching out to bands you've played with like how do you go about like booking because you've got i mean it almost looks like you've got a booking like company helping like with yeah. everything because you guys have a really full schedule yeah i mean uh we've been asked that a couple times and um you know it's it's all pretty organic we we reach out to definitely venues that we have played at that have we've done well with um we reach out to new venues um that we think you know look like they're good places to play and we give them some samples of music and show them their social media and everything um otherwise yeah there's there's lots of other bands that we work with as well um like one of our favorites um from like janesville area is uh, party marty party marty and the dirtbags <laughs> and uh He's hilarious and he's super fun to play with and he he helps get us a decent amount of shows down in Milwaukee and Janesville area too. So um, once you get in good with, you know, a band or a venue, they will ask you to do more shows, have you back. So it's all just making good relationships and um, obviously, you know, they have to like your music, but you just... We spend a lot of time sending emails and messages on Facebook and phone calls, and uh, it's, like I said, all very organic, but um, it's all about meeting people. I wrote down Party Marty and the Dirtbags, because, yeah. I mean, just that name makes me want to find out more about them. He's awesome. Um, <laughs> so a little bit about him is um, he writes, you know, his own music, and a lot of it's very funny. He does do some some covers for fun, too, but the dirtbags are ever-changing. It's just, like, a lot of local musicians in his area that he knows. Um, so there's, I've seen, you know, several shows of his at this point where it's like, okay, I remember that guy from last time, but that bassist is new, you know? So ever-changing dirtbags. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't asked you this yet. How did you guys settle on Trash Pandas? Uh, I mean, it was fairly simple. I just, 
I brought up the name, and this, the thing was, I brought it up for, like, a cover band in the past, and they're like, no, I don't think that works for, for what we're doing. And so when we got into this original stuff, I brought it up at practice when we were talking about, you know, we need a name. And I was just like, I've always wanted a group called Trash Pandas. I just think it, it sounds rock and roll, and I'm also, like, a big animal person, so the raccoon having the raccoon logo is you know something i enjoy too and uh everybody was just like yeah i like that it was super easy super agreeable <laughs> is there a place in appleton that you haven't played yet that you would like to play there's i mean yeah probably um we have actually we haven't played the ambassador yet and we get to do that later on in August, which is exciting because that's when we were looking into, um, Gibson music hall. That's something we've looked into quite a few times and they don't necessarily do like our genre of music a whole lot. So, um, that's, that's one that we think would be super cool to play, but hasn't happened yet. So, um, yeah, that'd be top of the list too. Do you feel that the, the style of trash pandas, like, does that make it difficult to, Obviously, you mentioned like some of the venues with the style of music. I mean, mm -hmm. does it even matter when you're booking shows like what the other band's genre is? To some degree. I mean, you know, we wouldn't want somebody that was a country band opening for us or something. <laughs> you know, um, we try to keep it in the realm of like rock and roll, pop rock. Um, but I mean, we've played with uh, all sorts of groups, punk and metal and everything. So as long as you're in that vein because you know with us it can be difficult depending on the venue because some places really would rather you be like more acoustic and light or something which i understand that's that's their thing but um for us the good thing is that we have such different sounds throughout our songs that we can kind of promote us you know something more than something else for certain venues and uh work with it that way because we we don't stick with one, like, it's like, not like everything is hard rock or something. The Ambassador show you mentioned, that is During Mile Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is, like, with, with Mile Music, what, have you attended Mile Music in the past, or have you? I actually have not gotten to do that, um, but... I know a lot of people who have and told me, you know, kind of how it works. But, um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I've heard that Mile of Music does a lot of, you know, lighter music. Um, and you have to know people to get in, you know, things like that. So I thought this Acre of Tunes thing was kind of cool because it's, you know, it's kind of within the mile without being in the mile. <laughs> and uh, so people will still be around, you know, checking things out and... Uh, you still get a crowd just because people are mingling in the area. Yeah, and you might get a chance to check out Mile of Music then. And... Oh, for sure, yeah. After we play, we can walk around and see what's going on. So what's on the horizon for Trash Pandas? Uh, anything and everything. <laughs> when, when can we expect this next album to to be finished? Is it, Are we looking at, like, 2023? Are we looking at later in 2022? Yeah, I would hope that it would be, like, early 2023, um, maybe a little sooner. It depends how quickly we feel like we can write and perfect things at this point, because we're, I'd say, at least halfway done with it. 
But now that we have our new bases settled in and everything, we're taking more time to write. So it really depends how quickly we feel we can pull it off. And then I'm guessing you're going for like a full, another full album instead of like an EP or something right. like that. Yeah. Um, we want to do like 12 songs probably. And right now we got like seven we're working on. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you. Me neither. <laughs> Besides the the uh, the three sixty video at Rock Garden, any videos in the the works? Any mm-hmm. any like any like inspiration to do a video now, or like do a, a video for one of the other songs? Yeah, I mean that's something I've always really wanted to do. I was happy when Mark reached out just because it gave me an opportunity to go try something like that out. Um, but. Yeah, it's something we've talked about and something that I think will happen, but we don't know what song yet or quite when it will, but it will happen. Which song would you pick if you could <laughs> pick a music video uh, for one of the songs you already have recorded? That's a good question. Maybe, we- I mean, it, we could do a fun one like Surfing in Wisconsin or Weed Smoking. <laughs> But it might be fun to do a harder one like Entitlement as well. So we'd have to discuss it a little bit more. I hope that you guys do pursue some. I, I think the music video aspect is, is interesting. I love it. Mm-hmm. Like last week when Doozy was on with their new, yeah, new video. Like that was a fun one. Kind of adds like a different dynamic to the music. But now like when I hear I'm sick, I think of the, the virtual reality video. Mm-hmm. And I hear, do you want to get high with me from Doozy? I think of their video. It's mm-hmm. just weird how that like kind of attaches um, into your head. And I, I guess we're right near the end of the show, but do you watch, like, when you were growing up, did you watch a lot of music videos on YouTube? Or Yeah, yeah, I loved music videos, and that's, you know, something I've always really wanted to personally do. So, um, yeah, that that was something I really enjoyed, was watching the videos and the stories that went with them. Well, I want to thank you, Lacey, for joining us on Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. You can check out Trash Panda's later today at Paperfest in Kimberly. Thanks again, Lacey. Thank you. Thanks for watching CORE on WCZR Code Zero Radio.